I was going to jump back up on the stage, and then I realized I wasn't in that 18 to 36 crowd anymore. (laughs) Yes, my mind might identify with that. My knees do not. What a good morning so far, huh? Let's let's see if I can screw it up. No. Please don't send me an email that I don't need to devalue myself and all that. It was a joke, people. It's a joke. I love myself very much. Now I'll get the the other emails. Just can't win these days. That's why I don't post anything on social media. All right. How many were here two weeks ago when Ivan was with us? Wasn't that amazing time? And he ministered so well. But he gave a word over the church um, that had seven parts to it. Remember that? Yes, good. And Dad put him, uh, talked about him last week and put it in a declaration form for us. So, again, this morning, will you stand with me? It's a standing day. Get the leg workout in. So we're going to declare these declarations again together because it's important because we believe in them. We believe it was from the word of the Lord. And so we're going to keep declaring them so we can actually so we can live them out. So if you can put the first one up there, you guys ready? You got to do it with me. Here we go. We declare lead is is over. Therefore, we embrace the Holy Spirit as our guide and comfort, and fear will not dictate our decisions. We declare that the time for staying home and away from our root system is over. Therefore, we give ourselves to be planted deep into the soil of relationship with God and others. We declare that the season of multiplication is at our door. Therefore, we will open wide the door and welcome the harvest. We declare that the season of nesting to an end. Therefore, the voice of the empowered church will be heard in the land, and the giants of opposition will fall. We declare that nothing has the power to stop the move of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we partner for his purposes be done in our lives, our families, and our world. We declare the season of filling, not emptying, is upon us. And his glory and his people will occupy the house. Therefore, we represent... The vessels of his blessings and his power. Amen. Oh, here we go. Okay, let's start. Here we go. Ready? We declare that no debt can survive in the atmosphere of our generosity. Therefore, we give ourselves as conduits of property-breaking prosperity and liberality. And we declare that we will have resources enough and more than enough to meet every need and fund every dream. Amen. All right, you can sit down. 
Now you can stand up now. <laughs> Sit down, stand. Simon says. So last week, Dad talked about the first one. We declare that the time for being led by fear is over. That fear will not serve you well in this season. Do you agree with that? Yeah, so do I. So today I want to talk about the second one. It's we declare that the time for staying home and away from our root system is over. Therefore, we give ourselves to be planted deep in the soil of relationship with God and others. So Ivan gave us this scripture, Psalms 92, 12 and 13. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. So this last week, I, I had a dream. Um, it was early in the morning. And I had this dream, and then I woke up. And, of course, you can't remember it all, right? Like, you could bear, I bear, it was one of those dreams that I knew was significant, but as soon as I woke up, I couldn't remember it. How many have had that problem? And I've learned through not doing this well, is I used to be like, oh, I don't remember it, so therefore it must not be significant. Even though it felt significant, well, if God really wanted it to be significant, I would remember it. And I've learned that's not actually the case. Actually, the case is he's given you something that's significant. You can't remember it, so you have to search him out to find out what the significance was. That he's actually inviting you into a journey. I know that's not fun. That's not the easy way out. I, I wish it was God. I was like, hey, if, you, if, you, if I'm going to give him a significant dream, then they'll just remember it. But that's not how God works. He wants you to seek him out. So I had to seek him out What this dream. For one, just remember the dream and then the significance of it. So, so I spent some time, said, God, just bring that back to me. What, what I saw, what's going on. And what I saw was a seed. And it was kind of the shape of a, um, a corn seed, a corn kernel, or very similar to that. And it was by itself. And as it zoomed out, as my perception of it zoomed out, there was all these other seeds around it, almost like a sunflower. You know how a sunflower, all the seeds are just packed in there together? It was like that, where there's just all these seeds around it. And I was asking God, God, what is the significance of this? And he said this, seeds are not meant to be alone. That they're not meant to be alone. In a sunflower, there's not just one seed. That the seeds are all packed in together. And seeds aren't meant to be alone. They're meant to mature together. Like a sunflower, when it grows, those seeds start coming out, but they have to mature. But they have to mature together. They don't mature on their own. Because unless they're planted... Oh, oh, sorry. So what he was saying is that seeds are the season that we're in. 
personally that I'm a seed. So he made it personal first for me. He said, you're that seed, and you're not made to mature on your own. But for us as the mission, he's saying the same thing. That we're seeds, but we're not made to mature on our own. And so he took me to this. He says, it's not until a seed is planted can it multiply. See, a seed when it, in a sunflower, when they come, they mature together, but they can't multiply. Right? Can a seed, if you just put a seed on concrete, will it ever multiply? Okay, this is where you talk. This is where you respond. No, right? For a seed to multiply, it has to be planted. So we're going to talk about being planted today. Because unless they are planted in good soil and are in a place to get water and sunlight, they will not grow, not be rooted, and will not multiply. Wow, you guys are really quiet today. You're, I know you're with me. I'm just used to four kids. Silence is deadly. So the first thing, to be planted, you have to be willing to get dirty. When you plant a seed, it's got to get dirty. I've never seen clean soil. Have you? I mean, it can be clean from toxins, but it's dirty. It's dirt or sand. Have you ever tried to get sands out of your shorts after you go to the beach? It's impossible, especially for a three-year-old that you're trying to clean off the feet and they won't sit still. But you have to be willing to put up with the smells of the soil and the soil that might irritate you. To be planted, you got to get dirty. You got to deal with messy people. You got to deal with irritation in the soil. Number two, to be planted, you have to be willing to stay in one place and let, and let the soil agitate you. So why, why right now, why this is hitting me? Because it's personal. That in our lives... When things start to be agitate you, your first response wants to be to run. And, I, and God's been dealing with me in my own life of areas that I, instead of dealing with the irritation, I'd rather just run and not sit still. Because the seed has to stay in the soil to be planted. It's, if it doesn't stay in that one place... If it lets the wind just blow it away, it will never be planted. It will never grow. Or if the water, if it allows the water to wash it away, it won't be planted and it won't grow. And he's inviting us into a place to sit still and go through the growing pains of being planted. We have to be willing to stay in one place. 
and let the Holy Spirit agitate us into our destinies. The seed has to, stay, has to be willing to stay in one place long enough to die to oneself. See, a seed has to die to be able to produce. And when we're in a community, planted in a community, you have to be willing to die to yourself. In your family unit, you have to be willing to die to yourself for the betterment of your family. So to be planted, you have to be willing to die to oneself. Number three, to be planted, you have to be willing to grow roots. You have to let your roots grow down and out. How many of you guys have been through the Sequoia Redwoods along the coast? If you haven't and you live in California, shame on you. It is absolutely stunning and beautiful. If you haven't made it, I would make sure you do it. It's, it speaks of God's beauty. And it, it's, go do it. But I read this article, and I think it's really significant, and I think it's going to speak to us. This is from SunnyFortuna.com. It tells us, You would think that a 350-foot-tall tree would need deep roots, but that's not the case at all. With the sequoia, redwood trees' roots are very shallow, often only five to six feet deep. But they make up for it with width sometimes extending up to 100 feet from the trunk. That means their root system could be 200 feet wide from one end to the other. They thrive in thick groves where the roots can intertwine and even fuse together. They give them tremendous strength against the forces of nature. This is why they can withstand high winds and raging floods. So redwoods do not survive alone ever. They form tribes or communities. Sometimes they grow so close to each other, they merge at the base into one tree. The first thing they provide each other is strength and support. Intertwining roots, not deep, but wide. Living in an embrace of others. The merged roots also meet their needs for, for nurture, the entire system relies on their rooted connections. On the National Park System Sequoia page, I found that the coast redwood environment recycles naturally because the annual rainfall leaves the soil with few nutrients. The trees rely on each other, living and dead, for their virtual nutrients or vital nutrients. As a redwood tree dies, it decays, and the nutrients it has absorbed over the ages are released back into the community through the roots, nourishing the other trees. What a great picture for us. That the only way they survive is if their roots go and intertwine with others' roots. And in a community... If you don't allow your roots to go and intertwine with other people's roots, when the storms of life come, you're not going to survive. 
See, the redwood only survives because it's connected to other redwoods. And so when the high winds, when, if you've ever been on the coast, there are nasty high winds and floods. But they can survive because they've chose to root themselves with other people's roots. And in a community, if you're not planted, then your root system's not going to be connected to other people. And when your root system's not connected to other people, when life storms come, you isolate. You try to go through it on your own. And that's not what God's called us to do. It said there in Psalms, be planted. Because God's called us to be intertwined with each other. That's how we get our nutrients. See, when, when you get old and wise, it's not time to die and not produce. That's your time to produce and to give what you have matured in to the other root system that you're connected to. To the tree that's only a year or two old. But that tree that's growing, that's only a year or two old, needs the tree that's been there for a hundred years. Because that's where they get their nutrients from. So you're not dead. It's not mature until you die. It's mature so you can give more. It's time to give more. It's time to give your nutrients to the people around you. You have wisdom that they don't have. You have life experience they don't have. You have a relationship with God that spanned 30, 40, 50, 71 years. That somebody that's been on that journey for a year or two has nothing close to that. And needs your nutrients, your wisdom, your root system to nourish them. Because we believe this house is set up for babies to come in. We declared it this morning. You just did a few minutes ago. That it's a time for harvest. But are are those new trees going to have a root system that will connect with them and grow them and disciple them and give them nutrients? That's you, by the way. It's you sitting who's sitting in those chairs right now. You are that root system that people can come and draw strength on and be healed with. It's amazing. It's amazing how God works and how he shows us pictures of nature. So number four, and I'm going to hurry up here because it's getting late. Number four, to be planted, you have to grow and multiply. If you never grow and mature, you will never multiply. A plant has to grow and bloom so that seeds can be scattered and be fruitful. You've got to grow. You've got to mature. It's not good enough just to be sitting in the ground. But you actually have to force your way. A plant has to force its way out of the soil. 
so it can grow and it can bloom and produce more seeds, right? So I want to I, I connect this real quick to family because God started this with the family. In Genesis 2, 18, it says, The Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. How many women can say amen to that? It says, I will make a helper suitable for him. See, I've got two teenagers, and I've got one almost there. And he is barreling his way there. He's amazing. But an interesting thing happens. You know, when they're kids, when they're little kids, you send them to their room for punishment, right? Hey, if you don't act right, you're going to have to go to your room, take a time out, or take a nap. And when they become teenagers, the opposite happens. You're in trouble, so you have to come out of your room and be with everybody else. That's your punishment. We call it in our house, you have to come out of your cave. Oh, it's so good to see you finally came out of your cave. It's been a week. So good to see you today. But that is a, a natural and normal thing, is when they become teenagers, they start to try to create their own way of life. And it's healthy. It, they, they have to learn how to become independent. Or else you have a 30-year-old living at home without a job and still hiding in their room. So there is a natural part of it. But as parents, what you have to look for is are they becoming disconnected from their root system? Because that's when things will happen. See, they need to learn how to be independent, but not independent from their root system. They do have to learn how to grow as to, and be a tree. But that doesn't mean they disconnect their roots. And it's our job as parents to train them up. Right? Yeah, some parents are like, oh, I don't know. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So parents, do not let your kids get disconnected from their root system. See, when they're teenagers, they're trying to figure out their identity. And they don't need you to disappear. They don't need you to not let them know who they are. Now, do they need to grow as a tree and realize what a tree is? Yes. But it says train up a child in the way they should go. And they get their identity from you. Ultimately, they get it from God. But we, God chose us to parent them and teach them what their identity is. So that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. So don't let your teenagers disconnect. It's not healthy. You know, it's a big issue. Identity is a big issue right now in the world. It's, al- it's always been a big issue. It just manifests differently in different generations. But every generation has had to deal with identity. 
But part of the problem is we have allowed our kids to be disconnected from their root system. In the effort of we're just letting them figure out what their identity is. God gave them an identity. God has a plan for them. God has a destiny for them. And we as parents get to speak into that every day of their life. So parents, don't let them disconnect. Don't let other people raise your children. Don't let the school system raise your children. Now, please hear what I'm saying. I've been in, I, growing up, I was in public school. I was in Christian school. I've been in home school. So I've done it all. And I appreciate them all. They're doing the best that they can. But school, it was not designed to raise your kids. So when I went to public school, when they would say something absolutely stupid and ridiculous, because I was raised by parents that actually raised me and trained me, I can go, oh, that's stupid. Here's the garbage can and be totally fine. That's what we have to teach our kids. That's why it's so important to train your kids because they're going to be in environments at some point in their life that they're going to have to choose. Is that truth or not? So I love public schools. I love our teachers and administrators. I pray for them all the time because they're just trying to do their best. Same with Christian schools and teachers, homeschool moms and dads. They're just trying to do their best. So, for one, pray for them. But don't let them, train, don't let them raise your kids. Don't let video games, movies, sports stars, celebrities determine their identity. Train up in who God says they are. Can we do that? Yeah? Because your kids are depending on it. Because it's so important to be planted and rooted in a community. And you have to demonstrate that for your kids. See, if you're never rooted in a community, why would your kid be rooted in your family? I know it's... And I'm speaking to myself as a parent. I got four of them, so I've made a lot of mistakes. So this is not about being perfect. And I'm talking to myself. I'm reminding myself that if I don't root myself with other people, why would I expect my kids to? So let's live it out. Let's be examples for them right here together. Because God never called us to be isolated. I'm going to skip over a few things. It's getting late. But I would just encourage you to read Ephesians 3 and Hebrews 10, where Paul talks about becoming one, coming together, not forsaking each other, but the importance of that and what happens, the value of it. So if I can have the worship team back up and have you guys stand one more time. But let's be rooted and planted 
in a community that might get a little dirty, might be a little smelly, might be a little irritating, but it's where God has planted you to grow and be rooted with other people so that we can be fruitful and multiply. Again, Psalms 92. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. It's not just about showing up here. That is step one. You, you do kind of have to do that to, to do the rest. So if you're online, if you can get here, get here. We'd love to have you here. If you're too far away, find a community where you're at and get grounded, get planted, get rooted there. We love that you watch us online. That's great. But you need people to be rooted with. But it's not just about showing up. It has to lead to being planted and rooted and to grow and multiply. That's what it has to lead to. Can we do that together as a church? That we make a commitment not only to show up, but to actually be planted. Grow our roots so we can be strength for others. To mature and grow so that we can be fruitful and multiply. Because that's what he's called this church to do. Is to be planted and rooted together as a community that loves and to grow and bring other people into that community so they can have an encounter with Jesus. So they can have what you have. See, what's so important of those roots coming together is the, the tree next to you now has what you have. And you get what they have. So Holy Spirit, You are here. You've been in this room all day waiting for us. So we stand here in your presence, Jesus. Oh, we stand here in your presence. You chose to root, to plant and root yourself in us. Jesus, start touching people right now. He's in the room. And when Jesus is in the room, everything can change. He doesn't come just to be in the room. We give you praise and all of the honor. You are he comes to be himself. And Jesus came to give.
Jesus, your glory moves through this room right now. When his glory's here, his healing's here because he is in the room. During worship, Ted came and laid his hand on me and I heard this, said, today's the day. Today's the day for your breakthrough. So if you need breakthrough this morning, I invite you to come up to these altars. Because today is the day of your breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough in your life, I invite you to come up. Because the king is in the room. Breakthrough is in the room. So if you need breakthrough, come now. Come now if you need breakthrough. Because the king of glory is in the room. If you need heaven in your situation, come. Because the king that is alive is in the room. He is the God of breakthrough. I'm going to take a chance here. Um, is there a single mom in the room that needs a financial breakthrough? Can you just slip up your hand real quick? If Do you mind coming forward, please? Can you come right over here, both of you? I just felt the Holy Spirit say, yeah, come. If that's you, there's probably multiple of you. Not Come, we, I want to. Come right, come right over here so that everyone knows. So, Holy Spirit, we bless these single moms, these amazing women that are raising champions. The champions being raised by these three women.
God, give them strategies. Give them favor. Yeah. So these five, God, that you give them complete favor. That they are building destinies. They're building legacies. That generations will be blessed because of them. So Jesus, we ask that you open the floodgates of heaven. On their behalf, that it will flow like it's never flown before. That the King of Glory reigns in their house and in their kids and grandkids. That these five are legacy builders. So we bless them. Holy Spirit, continue to minister. People have come around, just keep ministering to them. So don't be afraid to be planted and rooted. It takes work, and we have to die to self to do it. So make sure your family is rooted. Make sure you're rooted in the community. Make sure you're affecting your neighbors and the world that you are in. That you are connecting with the world that you live in. Because that's how you'll influence them. So if you need any, we have some ministry team. If you need prayer for some healing situation that we'll have people up here praying for you we love you and go impact your world with the love of the father because there's a world out there wanting to be loved they're just waiting for you if you're one of the five ladies please uh paris where are you paris is right where please go see paris We have some gifts for you guys that people have been given. So before you leave, please see Paris before you leave today. Love you guys. Don't miss next week as we get rooted together and have some fun and fellowship together at our picnic afterwards. Love you. Have a great week.